Good evening, everyone. It's Carl Cruz, and you're listening to the KC at the Movies podcast for Friday, the 9th of March, 2018. Let's get on. I'm just going to sneak a drink there. Um, oh, jeez. Hope work's been well. Hope you've been, um, doing great. Yesterday was International Women's Day. Um, that was interesting. Great to see all the women out there supporting each other. And, um, especially after, um, the Oscars... With, uh, especially with Francis B. Dorman's speech, like that was huge. And we're going to be talking about that later, if I can get the words out. We'll talk about that later. But uh, so pretty much tonight we're going to talk about. I'm going to be talking about game night, and I'm going to be talking about. Finally, yes, I know I'm late to the party, but it's better late than never. I'm going to be talking about Black Panther. And to finish off, we're going to recap the um, the Oscar ceremony that was that took place. On Monday, uh, I went for about three and a half hours. It was longer than usual. It usually goes for about two and a half, maybe three. But I went for about three and a half hours. Oh, shit. It's a long one. I was just eating a pie. Didn't know enough pies to eat. Um, and yeah, and, and for once in my fucking, I guess in podcast history, I'm not sweating bullets because it's not, it wasn't a very... Uh, hot day today. Wasn't a very hot day today. So I'm not, um, you know, crying for help, clawing at the fucking window to get air in. Then I, then again, I'll be risking getting um, sound into the room. And that's what... That's what you got to think about when you're doing these things, recording these things, recording sound. you got to think about all the sounds that are outside because this sound, this mic I'm using is very... Um, like, if you hear the water... You can probably hear the water over there. It's pretty omnidirectional. I, I am speaking directly into it, but it can pick up sounds around it. So, um, pick up stuff like that. And it probably picked up that too. <laughs> um, and the and the fan is a fucking huge thing. Like a fan's like the fan is like the fridge when you're shooting film. You got to turn the fridge off because that fridge is going to annoy the shit out of you. All the aircon and the fan like annoys the fucking shit out of me. Um, during a podcast if it stays on because it just I, I'd want it to stay on but this t- tonight we're fine we're good we're good um, yeah let's just we'll just get straight into it um, I'm going to start off by talking about uh, uh, Goldstein and Daly's game night and um, if you guys don't know uh, John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein helmed the um, Vacation reboot, which was not great. It's not great. It's uh, probably less than not great. Really didn't like it that much. Didn't think it was that funny. Um, kind of a poor comedy. And But they also helmed, which I, I've got here. I think I've got it here. Yes, they also wrote uh, for Spider-Man Homecoming, which is pretty... If you didn't know that, it was pretty cool. I didn't know that. I knew that Spider-Man Homecoming was directed by John Watts. I thought he also wrote it too, but it was um, Goldstein and Daly that wrote it. 
and I guess they must have, um, I guess they must have, I don't know, um, improved a lot, because the last thing they did, yeah, was Vacation, and it wasn't that great, and it looks like they're doing the Flashpoint movie, um, as well in the future. Anyway, so they've come out with Game Night, so the, I saw the trailer for Game Night, and I was a little... I was, I, was, I was a little... I was, I was mixed. I was mixed. Because on the, other, on the one hand, I love Jason Bateman. I watch anything he's in. Um, I, I'm fond of Rachel McAdams. I don't love her. I'm fond of her. Like Kyle Chandler. I like I like him. Um, the cast. It, that's what got me. That's what got me. The cast. You've also got Lamorne Morris from New Girl. He plays uh, Winston Bishop. Billy Magnuson, which you saw in Ingrid Goes West. Um, Sharon Hawkins a new one to me, but also Jesse Plemons. Cannot count out Jesse Plemons. Um, because he has been doing some great stuff as well. He also got a spot of, uh, Pretty in the trail as well. So, I was, I was intrigued by the cast of this film. And, um, and the comedy looked, it, I also, I laughed a bit. I laughed at the trailer, but there's also a few jokes. I was like, ah, oh, okay. Wasn't that good. So I went in, I don't know, not low expectations, but ready for what, uh, ready for, you know, for saying it was all right or, you know, and that's, that sounds bad, but that's just how I was feeling. Uh, but I came at a game night pleasantly surprised. This movie had me laughing, uh, not nonstop, but it had me laughing quite a lot. And, um... I guess that's thanks to um, the writing by Mark Perez, but it's also well, really well directed by Francis and um, by Dalian Goldstein. And the cast just brings it. Without this cast, this movie would probably fall apart. But this cast is 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 the uh, powerhouse that makes this movie um, very, very, a very, very enjoyable good uh, good time. So uh, game night. It's about uh, Bateman and McAdams' characters, Max and Annie. Uh, they are very competitive people. And they uh, meet, meet at a trivia game night at this bar. And uh, they get married. They have, they, they're very competitive. They, they met at this bar while saying like, the same answer. And at their wedding, they had Dance Dance Revolution. They're just very, very competitive people. And they host these game nights with other, these other couples that are their friends. And they want to win like every single time. They want to win. And your other couples are uh, Lamar Morris and um, Kylie Bunbury, who I think I've seen her before. Where have I seen her before? Where did I see her before? Was it? No, it wasn't that. I swear to God, I've seen her before. Was it The Sitter from like years ago? Probably. Um, so they're one couple, and you've got uh, also got Billy Magnuson, and he always brings. He's kind of like the um, dumb blockhead of the group, uh, and he brings these dates to the game nights that pretty much don't last that long, and um, uh, yeah. So um, the kicker is that uh, Jason Bateman's character uh, Max's brother Brooks is played brilliantly by Kyle Chandler comes into town and he wants to host his own game night but this is going to be a different game night because it's not going to be your board games your charades none of that shit 
he's going to host a murder mystery kind of thing. And um, he wants someone's going to someone in the room is going to be kidnapped, and then they have to go and find them. But during the uh, <laughs> the um, beginning of this, a real kidnapping takes place, and Kyle Chandler's character Brooks is taken. But they all think this is kind of like the game, and they need to go and um, they need to they want to go and figure it, figure it out. So immediately they go into competitive mode and they try and get it solved. But during this, during the runtime, they find out that this shit's real and they've got to do some shit about it. And I'm not going to talk talk more. Um, yeah, so I laughed quite a lot. I love. I I didn't love it, but I was just very, very surprised. And I'm really, I was just happy to say that that was a comedy that I enjoyed. Like this is a really good comedy, a really strong comedy. Um, and the last time I laughed like this much was probably Thor Ragnarok, which is back in November. And we just haven't had a good comedy movie. And all the comedy movies last year, I mean, kind of sucked, to be honest. Like, they just relied on... I haven't seen Jumanji. I've heard it's good. Uh, they just relied on your 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 sex jokes, your, um, you know, kind of like toilet humor. And it's, it's just very... It's a very easy laugh to me. I just find that as a, a just very cheap and easy laugh. Um, and, and, and just your overuse of fucking shit and everything it's just it's just I don't know those writers to me just don't really see I don't know see what's funny I guess how to make a good comedy and this is how to make a very strong good comedy um there is very little of those jokes they play off the characters the jokes play off the characters the top of characters and the situations that they're in and the situations just mount and mount and mount and get more, even more insane. Now, you're going to have to suspend your disbelief a little bit when you're watching this movie because some of the things you're just like, oh, okay, come on. <laughs> kind of unrealistic. But I bought it because I was already enjoying the film. I was already enjoying it. So, yeah. Um, love Jason Bateman. Love McAdams. They had great chemistry as the main couple. Um, and the, and the jokes, man, the jokes are funny. They're really good. Um, the joke that got me quite a lot was the glass table joke. Uh, that was, that got me a little bit. Um, every time that was mentioned, I was laughing quite a bit. And, um, uh, what was it? Um, I'm trying to think it was, uh, the... The, ah yes the the many movie references in this movie is just that's what I don't know maybe this could come as a biased review now um, or a, um, thoughts on because I don't know movie references are just my thing I love movie references in movies and um, that's just I don't know it's my jam and uh, that, that kind of gets me in that <laughs> kind of hooks me in um, I'm like I saw I saw it more with the new trailer for Game Over Man by the Bookaholics dudes, and there's heaps of movie references in that trailer. And I'm like, I think I'm gonna like this because <laughs> of the you know what they have in it. Um, but uh, yeah, Billy Madison was great as well, playing the dumb bloke. He played really, really just such an asshole in Ingrid Goes West, and it was really cool to see him play this just dickhead <laughs> in this movie. Um. Really liked, yeah, as I said, really liked Lamorne and Kylie. 
but uh, we got to give it to Jesse Plemons. He is the MVP in this movie. Um, love Jesse Plemons ever since break. He was played Todd on Breaking Bad, and then um, I really enjoyed him on uh, Fargo season two, and then and then Black Mirror, and then he comes into Black Mirror. He's also been in other uh, other films as well, but those are the ones most people know him from. Um, I started to pay attention a lot to his acting chops, especially in um, Fargo season two with um, Kiss and Dance, and then. Um, in Black Mirror, he was really good in Black Mirror. And in this, he plays this really creepy neighbor who's had, um, they used to play game night with his uh, wife, or partner. And uh, they, that's why they played with him and her. They only played with because of her. And then she, unfortunately, left, or I think she either died or left. I forgot, I forgot which one it was. And he's kind of left alone. He wants to be part of game night, but they don't want to include him because he's a bit weird. And he feels a bit left out. And he plays the straight, straight-faced creepy dude so well. And I was laughing a lot at a lot of his scenes, uh, in particular. Uh, what I also must mention as well is, this is also a really well-shot movie as well. Like, if this is a comedy that is has good cinematography, who knew that you could actually have good shots and cinematography for a comedy movie? Most comedy movies you see, you just have the, you know, let's say your basic shot, reverse shot, um, you know, jokes back and forth, shot, reverse shot, shot, reverse shot, shot, reverse shot, and then you've got your, I don't know, your wide or something like that for something, I don't know, some crazy situation, but there's a lot of really cool, um, yeah, shots in this movie, transitions, really cool transitions, um, there's a really cool use of tilt shift um, photography, cinematography. That makes the game, that makes the locations kind of look like a board game, and that's really cool. Really like that. I mean, from the opening credits, when you, when I started seeing the logos of the studios as game pieces, I was like, oh, this is a movie that's going to embrace everything that is a game night. Or really? How fucking loud do you need to be? Jesus Christ! This this movie's going to embrace everything that is about board games. And everything. That's what I love. I also wanted to watch this movie because I, I myself like hosting game nights as well with other people. My, my friends and I love board games and hosting these kind of game nights. And um, we've never done anything like this, though. This is a bit crazy, but um, I don't know. We, we like to take it up a notch a few times, but not as crazy as this. But um, yeah, so I guess that's also kind of what pulled me in. But yeah, it's 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 really it's just really well shot. Um, Barry Peterson, I think, did the cinematography, so... Hats off to him. I've never... I don't think I've known what he's done before. I've ever heard of him. But really, gr- really great. And that could have been talks with the directors to maybe do something different. And uh, I just thought the transitions, the transition especially, really stood out to me. Um, from scene to scene. I thought they were really good. And I really enjoyed this um, uh, this one-take um, sequence that with this Fabergé egg inside this mansion. It was really, really cool. And um, and it was great. It wasn't too long. It wasn't too short. It was nice and it was uh, it was right in the sweet spot. And that's what I liked about that. Also, as well, the music, man. Uh, the music is really, really cool. It's um, it, it sounded familiar. I was listening to it. I was watching the movie, and I was listening to it. And I was just like, hang on a second. I know. Who, I think I know who this is. I think I know who this is. 
because it sounded very, very familiar. Um, <clears throat> Neon Demon <clears throat> Drive. And of course, when I watched the credits, uh, it said music by Cliff Martinez. And I'm like, I fucking knew it. Um, and of course, it's another great score. And um, what a cool... I don't know, what a... It's, re- it's really cool to hear a really cool score on a comedy like this. But this is not just a comedy. I call it like a bit of a crime movie as well. A bit of, a, a bit of an action film. Especially with some of the sequences that take place, but it's mostly played for laughs. Um, but yeah, I just I really enjoyed what this movie this movie embraced everything about a game night. Um, it celebrated everything about a game night, um, about competition, uh, friends, and uh, just really crazy shit <laughs> happening. I, I, um, cinematography is to be really well, I just, that is one thing that really stood out to me, the cinematography and the music is what really stood out to me for this one. Um, Barry Peterson, I'll be looking to see what else he does next. Um, yeah, some of the best transitions I've seen all year, from scene to scene, loved it. And that's in a comedy film, I never thought I'd say that. But it's, it also feels great to say that. To, um, so hopefully I like to see comedy kind of going in this direction and not relying that much on just... I don't know, bad writing of sex jokes and everything and overuse of the F word. There's barely, there's there's F words in this movie, but there's, it's not over the top. That's what I like about it. It's a great mixture of of just everything. And I, it's it's really just commendable and it's it's an enjoyable movie. So, um, yeah, I recommend Game Night. Go out and see it. It came out uh, weeks ago, but um, I only just saw it recently because I watched all the Oscar movies and I just wanted something else to watch. I wanted a comedy wanted to laugh and I, I've been hearing good stuff about this one so I went and saw it and um, yeah I recommend everybody if you're a fan of comedy you're a fan of Jason Bateman if you're a fan of like any of the cast members but if you're also just a fan of comedy and want to laugh yeah go and watch Game Night it's um, it's good the only thing that kind of like undermines the experience I had there um, in the cinema was um, and just cue a rant on moviegoers and I'll just if you disindulge me just for a, um, a minute here. Yeah, uh, one thing that really ruined the, my experience with this movie at the, at the cinema was just these really obnoxious dudes at the back that um, just kind of just wouldn't shut the fuck up during the whole movie. It just really fucking annoyed the shit out of me. And uh, we, you know, we've had our fair share of, um, you know, really annoying cinema goers and obnoxious people. And there's, there's groups of things. You have the people that are on their phones. You have the people that comment on everything. And then you've got these these people. And I call these boys the backseat boys. Because they always choose the back section. Always choose the back section. Like the back row. So they can sit the whole group at the back. And they think they're going to be quiet. And think that maybe people can hear them. But guess what? Everybody can fucking hear you, asshole. So, um... You know, they'll, they'll chat during the trailer. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with chatting during the trailers and everything because I myself are just kind of checked out during these trailers because, one, I've already seen them, and um, two, I just... It's trailers. <laughs> but also, I know there's some people that do go to the cinema um, and haven't seen these trailers and like to watch the trailers. Um, so, you know, I, I do respect that. But these just these they just wouldn't shut up. They were making jokes, and um, 
and again, I was just fond of it, but the movie started, and they just kept going, and that was what really fucking annoyed me, is that every, every joke, they would make a comment about it, they would say a comment, or they would, um, yeah, and they sounded like, what really fucking sucked about them was, they sounded like film buffs, because that, when I walked into the theatre, they were talking about, um, like the Oscars and who won and everything and they were talking about I think I, I heard them specifically talking about Jordan Peele and uh, his screenplay for Get Out and they're saying they've seen it and they sound like a bit like film buffs I'm like oh okay we've got some film buffs in here we got some um, um, some people that support I guess you know cinema and like to go to the cinema but um, no what a, what a massive uh, contradiction that was when they just started being a bunch of cunts during the whole movie. And it's just a very disrespectful to everybody, everybody there. Like we're laughing at jokes. We're making, you know, there's, I don't mind you, someone laughing at a joke. I do it myself and I laugh at a joke and I, and I like, I say a little comment. I, I might whisper it to a friend, but these guys would say it out loud. They would like say it out loud. And then they would, there would be a moment during the movie where, um, I think there's a, there's a sequence where, um, Jason Bateman has to put in a password to this computer and they would say their guess of the password, but out loud. And they're like, Oh, I bet it is like that. And then it was, and then they went, Oh yeah, nice one. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Like stop being a bunch of fucking obnoxious fucking pricks. And like, you know, everybody has paid their money here to see this movie, man. Everybody has paid their money to sit down and enjoy this movie. And it just... It really annoys me when they... And especially these guys, they sounded like um, people that love movies. And to for them to ruin... Kind of ruin the experience of going to the cinema for these people. I don't know how that everybody else felt. But I felt it was very... It was, it was tarnished by their... Um, ridiculous behavior. Uh, I thought it was just appalling how they were acting. And again, man, it's just like every single scene, they would comment on every single thing that happened. Every single thing. And then there, there's uh, something at the end, right at the end, there's this really funny joke at the end. It was one of my favorite jokes in the film. I just thought it was really, it wasn't even a joke, it was just the, the writing. Um, and then they... This they, one of them audibly went, "Oh fuck off," like that, and I just, just shut your fucking mouth, man. Just shut your fucking mouth. Fucking hell, I've, just, I haven't had an experience like that since. I think it was Guardians Two, last year. Um, there was a few obnoxious um, ladies uh, over in the. Over at the side, they're on their phones and texting during the movie, and that was really annoying, very um, distracting. So I had to tell them to put their phones away. Um, and then they wouldn't listen to me again. I just didn't worry about it. I tried to focus on the movie, and they kept going. So I'm just like, oh, fuck it. No, nothing's going to save them then. Um, however, I did have a talk with the person... Um, you know, because I go, I go to the cinema to watch movies and just be quiet and watch a movie. If it's comedy, I'm probably going to, 
if I'm with someone, I'll comment after a joke or something like that, but not out loud. I'll just say it to them. I'll turn to them and say it to them. I'm not going to say it out loud so the whole fucking cinema can hear me say it. Really pisses me off, man. How much of a... How much of just fucking cunts these guys were. And, um, yeah. But other than that, the movie's great. So, go and watch it. It's very funny. I hope you don't get that, um, your share of those fucking douchebags at the, um, at the, the back of the cinema. I uh, hope you get a good, a good crowd. It, it's good to watch the comedies of a crowd because, you know, everybody laughs. Everybody was laughing except these fucking consoles, but everybody was laughing with us. Um, at the jokes. And, um, I don't know. It was just, it was... It's always fun watching a comedy of an audience, I, I, I'm just going to say. It's just funny. It's better. It's a better experience. But unfortunately, it was... Had these... Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Go and see it. It's a fun time. It's a fun time. Right. Um... Moving on. Last night, I got, I had the pleasure, finally, I got a free ticket. Now, I really wanted to, um, so this is a bit of a context here. I had a free ticket to um, uh, Dendi. Um, must have racked up points on my membership and I must have got a free ticket from that. And they, because I went up, to, went, up, went up to see Game Night, uh, he said, oh, you're you have a free ticket, do you want to use it tonight? I'm like, oh no, I'm just going to use this cash I'll put aside. So I paid that. And I uh, really wanted to see, uh, I wanted to watch Black Panther on a bigger, bigger screen. Dendi hasn't got the biggest screens, so I wanted to really want to watch, I really want to experience Black Panther. I've seen all the Marvel movies on like a really big screen, so, um, and it's also awesome to experience them on a massive screen. I think when I saw Thor event, so I was like, I'll watch um, Black Panther at an event for like use, do the sixth dollar student Monday and uh, watch it at an event. So I went to the cinema and I was going to watch Over the Square by um, I think his name is Ruben Ostlund who did uh, Force Majeure which is the Swedish film won the Palme d'Or last year or I was going to watch uh, In the Fade with uh, Diane Kruger. So I was going to have like, a bit of a foreign film night and uh, I was really wanted to watch, so I chose in the fade, and I went to the counter, and uh, I was like, "Oh, can I get the free ticket to the fade?" And he goes, "Oh, it's not part of the free ticket list." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> um, and he goes, "If you look online, it has the free ticket list next to the movie if you go to see it." And um, he's like, "Yeah, we don't really um, in the fade is on the not free ticket on non free ticket list." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, okay, what movies can I see then? And he's like, well, you can see Black Panther. And I was like, yeah. Um, and then he listed all these other ones. I think he listed Lady Bird, Shape of Water, all that stuff, and I've already seen them. So I was just like, no, I've already seen those. He goes, well, you can see Black Panther. He's like, have you seen Black Panther? And I was like, no. Um, he was like, well, I asked, I asked what cinema it's playing in because I remember I watched Wonder Woman in Cinema One. Cinema One and Dendy's are, are got a big screen and got good surround sound. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not discounting all the cinemas in Dendy that have surround sound and screen, but Cinema One definitely has the biggest screen. I'll say that. 
and uh, I went to see Wonder Woman with my little sister in Cinema One, and I, that's that's where we watched um, Wonder Woman. It sounded great, it looked great, and it was yeah. So he said, "Oh, it's in Cinema One." I was like, "Oh, okay then. All right, yeah, I'll use it. I'll use it on Black Panther then." So I was like, "All right then." Isn't it six thirty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Go in, watch Black Panther. It's pretty dope. Let's talk about it. So Black Panther is written and directed by Ryan Coogler based off the Marvel Comics, Black Panther. We first saw him in Civil War where he fought Captain America and we're just like, who the fuck is this? He's got a vibranium suit, man. Captain America's like, no, I've got a vibranium shield and Black Panther's like, bitch, i got a vibranium suit. And I was like, holy shit, that's awesome. So then we found out Black Panther was getting a solo film. That was in 2016. We found out Black Panther was getting a solo film. It was going to come out early 2018. People were hyped. I'm going to say overhyped because it has been overhyped a lot. This movie. And, um... Yeah, and when I found out it was going to be helmed by Ryan Coogler, who did Fruitvale Station and Creed, my uh, anticipation rose uh, quite a bit. Because he's a, he's a director that I really, really respect as a filmmaker. And um, I loved Fruitvale Station and I loved Creed. Um, and also he has a, a knack for action sequences that, um, you know, that... I know he's, there's more action sequences in this one, but um, what stood out to me was that one-take boxing fight in Creed. So I thought he could he handled that, and I guess that's why he got given the job. I don't know. I don't know these things, people, but that's what I'm, I don't know, that's what I'm kind of guessing. Anyway, the point is, I was happy that Ryan Coogler was helming this um, movie. So, let's talk about it. Uh, Black Panther is about T'Challa. He is, um, because of his father, his father T'Chaka dies in the Civil War, spoiler alert. Um, and when he dies, he is next in line for the throne. So, he uh, becomes, I guess it's kind of his journey of becoming king of Wakanda, because the whole movie, spoiler alert, he's not the king. But... Um, he is rising to the throne and he's, he's learning how, I guess he's learning, I want to say learning how to become a king, a king and the king of Wakanda, which is this African nation, this fictionalized African nation that's hidden away from the rest of the world. It's under this like force field, hidden away from the rest of the world and is the source of vibranium and uh, vibranium powers. It's, um, it's powers its city. It powers its technology. It's got very advanced technology and it's a very, um, uh, I guess it's a very, uh, it's probably the, one of the most advanced societies, is the most advanced in this world of the MCU, is the most advanced society in the world. But it's hidden away from everyone. It's, it's in Africa. It's in Africa. <laughs> it's in Africa and it's, it's, it, people can't find it because it's, it's in this force field. And uh, that's Wakanda. So that um but what happens is uh Killmonger, Eric Killmonger played by Michael B. Jordan, comes in, questions his 
Leniency, is that is that a word? Guys, is that a word? Am I using that word correctly? You know what? Let's do it. Yeah, that's not what I want. That's not what I was trying to say. Um, he's just pretty much guessing, um, questioning that he's the next um, Black Panther of Wakanda. And that Eric believes that he is the next one because of something that happens. I'm not going to spoil it, but something happens. And that kind of propels him to challenge T'Challa to the throne. And uh, T'Challa's got a mad sister played by Letitia Wright. I think her name's Shuri, I think. And um, she's also he's also got his ex-lover played by Lupita Nyong'o, um, Nakia. And you've got his general of his of the guard. I don't know what the his the military is called in this movie, but I kind of forget. Um, Okoye, I think I think is the general's name. I'm just going to look at it. Yep, yep, Okoye. And uh, that's his. They're all friends. And um, but Okoye is very loyal to the throne, and I'll say that she's very loyal to the throne. And uh, they have to, pretty much when he comes in, because of Ulysses Claw, who has stolen Vibranium, is going to sell it to a, de- um, a dealer, that kind of, I don't know, pre- creates the conflict there, and that's how Killmonger kind of comes in. Wow, I could have said that much simpler. Uh, could have said that much simpler. Holy shit. Um, anyway, that's it. That's the plot if you got what I was trying to say there. You probably get what I was trying to... You probably get it anyway. You've seen the trailers. Um, yeah. So this movie was... In a word that most young people say nowadays, dope. Um, love Chadwick Boseman. Love Michael B. Jordan. Love the whole cast. Very good cast. Andy Serkis, Ulysses Claw was fantastic as well. Um, loved his character. Um, but my favourite has to be, the standout to me was, um, his sister, Shuri, played by Letitia Wright, who we saw in Black Mirror, season four, episode six. Uh, the final, yeah, the, the, the final season. Uh, the final season. <laughs> The, not the final season, the latest season of Black Mirror. And uh, yeah, I loved her in that final episode. And then I was like, oh, she's in this. And then I finally saw her. I'm like, okay, love her. Just loves her character. She has, she looks like she's having a lot of fun. And um, she, she, to me, was the standout. Although I loved Michael B. Jordan as Eric Killmonger. I think he's one of the best, better, not the best one. I want to say he's one of the better Marvel villains. I still love Loki. And um, I'm going to explain that why in a minute. But um, here's the other one that I really like as well. That, uh... Oh, Hela. Hela. I really liked Hela and Thor. Um, and I guess that's, that's what Black Panther and Thor have in common. They've, they've both got really good villains. Um, I th- but I think Killmonger was the better villain. I think Killmonger's second for me now for Marvel villains. Loki's still number one. No one's going to take Hiddleston's throne. No one! Well, we'll see. Who knows? 
Oh, I also really liked um, the Vulture um, tombs from um, Spider-Man Homecoming. Michael Keaton? Yeah, Michael Keaton. He was good too. Um, it's, oh, okay, okay. I guess, I guess that's something I've got to sort out. Anyway, the reason I liked this movie was uh, the, the, the story was good. Um, it's well directed by Ryan Coogler. Again, he is, this is three for three. He's done it again. He's made another great film. And um, this is one of the better Marvel movies, in my opinion. Um, I do believe it is overhyped. I do believe that. I'm going to stand by that. It is overhyped. It's not... It wasn't amazing, but it was pretty great. Or dope, if you want to use that word. <laughs> and um, I do I do think it is one of the better Marvel movies. I think it's up there, maybe in top five. Um, so that I've got to say about that. I've got some issues, but we're going we're gonna to talk about more of the positives. Um, Andy Serkis' Ulysses Claw was great too. Um, I, I've talked about Michael B. Jordan. Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa is, is a very... This... What about like his kind of like superhero, Black Panther? He's not... He hasn't got... Although the herb that he drinks from gives him the, pan, the powers of the Black Panther... He is not like rich like Tony Stark. He's not. He doesn't get worked on. He doesn't get strength from um, Captain America. Um, he's not like. He's not bitten by a spider. He's just given the option to be king, and to be king, you have to earn the right to be king through a trial of combat. And if you if you get it, that's when you become you give them the liquid and you have the um, what do they call it the the walk on the ancestral plane, and that's how you you know you rise up through and you become the Black Panther. You sit on the throne, blah blah, blah. become the king of Wakanda, Wakanda forever. Okay, they said that a lot in the movie. <laughs> By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna be seeing a lot of young kids now doing the arms crossed, not the Wonder Woman one. I've seen a few young girls do the Wonder Woman arms crossed, but now I'm gonna see a lot of young, especially young boys, do the arms crossed for um, Wakanda um, and doing the the beat against the chest. I love that. Um, but yeah, his kind of character. He's a very he's very intelligent. He's very humble. He's trying to do this. He's just trying to do the right thing. He's just trying to make peace for Wakanda, and but the, his his flaw is that he doesn't want to share the technology of vibranium with the rest of the world, and he is very um, he's very he he doesn't know about the sins of his past generation of what happened, and that's a bit of a spoiler. So I'm not going to get into it, but um, and that's what brings in Eric Killmonger's character. Um, who's played by Michael B. Jordan, as I've um, said. And um, what I like about good villains is they are the ones that inspire the development in the protagonist. Or they are the ones that believe they are right. I think the best villains in movies are the ones that believe they're right. And I also believe in that, that first point that I made, they, they inspire the development in the protagonist to be something better or do be a better person or be a better thing, creature, whatever. It could be anything. 
and that's the thing that makes the change. That's the thing that inspires the change in the main character. That's what I think the best villains are. And that's why Loki's one of the best villains in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that's why Killmonger is probably the second best. In my opinion. Um, but also... Now, say the MCU, not the whole Marvel thing. because Let's not forget Dr. Octopus from, number, uh, from Spider-Man 2. But I'm just saying the MCU. He's definitely probably the second. And because his belief is that he he, has to, he wants to share the vibranium with the rest of the world, and um, you know just pretty much share their resources. And if he doesn't he doesn't believe in just having them for themselves, he wants the rest of the world to have it. But the thing about his is that he would kill some people, and he would do a lot of kind of dodgy things, like the like the thing I mentioned. He does a lot of dodgy things to support his cause, I guess, and that's when the two clash. And because of this, because of T'Challa's learning of what happened before, that is what brings him head to head with Killmonger. And uh, that's I just that's, I, that's what I liked about this movie. It wasn't the action sequences. It wasn't the superhero aspect. It was the characters. It was the characters that I. Um, thoroughly enjoyed and um, were constantly entertained by it was the development it was the um, the conversation that was been had this this film is going to have a lot of conversation around it as well it already has a lot of conversation around it there's going to be a lot of conversations after about what this film is and um, what things we can learn from it especially this film does it doesn't preach it just it just just lays down the foundation of 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 what conversations could take place post uh, screening of this movie, and um, that's what I like about Ryan Coogler's approach to it. Um, and that's that's what I like. That's what I. That's what the that was the biggest thing I liked about it. It wasn't the action sequence because mostly when you see a superhero movie, let's say Civil War. Now Civil War was one of the better ones because you had the conflict between Tony Stark and Captain America, their ideals of freedom and control. And, but let's say you have, let's say, what, what's one of the worst Marvel movies? Thor 2, The Dark World. One of the most boring fucking villains ever. And the story didn't give a shit about. And his girlfriend, Jane, um, Jane Foster, I think her name was, Natalie Portman, didn't give a fuck about her. Didn't give a fuck about the relationship. I didn't care about those characters. And that's what I loved about Thor Ragnarok is they took everything about his character and they made fun of it. But he also developed his character. He learned some things as well while being on this planet of Sakaar. And that's what this movie has for it. It's character, it's characters, and I guess it's message as well. Um, I also really liked Everett Ross. There was a lot of Everett Ross in this movie. He, he was in the trailer. He was talking to Ulysses Claw about things. I just thought he was just going to be in it. He's in it quite a bit. Everett Ross played by Marvin, from Martin Freeman. We only saw a bit of him in Civil War. But he's in this movie quite a bit. And I guess that's why he's on the poster too. So that I guess that's not an example of mismarketing there. Now let's just get into kind of the issues I had with it. Um, I thought some sequences are a bit dark. Um, I couldn't really see what was going on. Uh, yeah. I thought... Uh, the final fight scene... Now, people are saying the final fight scene is a bit dark. I 
I still saw that final fight scene. I thought it was alright, the final fight scene, because their suits kind of glued up and they're, they're around lights and everything. But there was another fight scene in the middle where I couldn't really see what was going on. And I just had no idea who hit who, and I just couldn't really see. And I just, I don't know, that really took me out of it. And um, there's a few green screen shots that are a bit, they looked unfinished. And I didn't really, I noticed them, but they stood out. I was just like, oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so, yeah, that, those are just kind of my nitpicks. But other than that, this movie is, it's great. It's throwing away those criticisms, although they are criticisms. Um, this movie is not perfect, but it is something to be celebrated, especially for, um, um, African African people, especially um, young. Um, I know that this has touched a lot of young African boys as well. Um, I've seen a lot of videos of them being inspired by it, just like Wonder Woman inspired people like my little sister. I'll never forget after seeing Wonder Woman, seeing her in my room. I went back to my room. I think I talked about this last year, but went back to my room and she was doing her fight fight. Um, her moves and her techniques and everything, and she was doing the arm cross thing. I just thought it was really inspiring that a film could do that to a younger generation. So I think this is going to touch a lot of people's hearts, and it has a message, and it's going to have a lot of conversation around it. Um, I also don't want to count out the music for this one as well. Um, before I wrap it up, I know I'm probably going a bit too far. I'm still going to talk about the fucking Oscars about 45 minutes in. Um, the music as well by Ludwig Ranson. Holy shit. Loved it. Oh my god, the score was great. Um, not to mention the soundtrack that was released before the film that I still really enjoyed. My favorite still being X. My favorite track is still X. Um, although, um, All the Stars is great. Uh, Paramedics, great. Uh, King's Dead, still good. Um, what was the other one I like? Pray For Me is... Pray For Me is cool, but it's not one of my top ones. Uh, and... Uh, that was another one. That was another one that I... Uh, Ops, is, Ops as well. Ops is great too. Ops is in my top three, I think. But X is still my favourite one. I think my top three is X, Ops, then All The Stars. But then Paramedic slipped in. I don't know, it kind of changes. Anyway, uh, yeah, so... Um, those songs, some of those songs are in the soundtrack. Um, I'm just going to say what they are because some people are saying, like, oh, don't forget, I can't remember what songs they are. So I think I heard, I heard Pray For Me during a sequence in an, at a uh, casino. I heard Ops during um, the sequence in Korea, uh, during the, the car chase, and then I heard All The Stars in the end credits. So that was cool. And what I like about Ludwig Ranson's score is he... Um, he pretty much makes a fusion of African percussion and contemporary hip hop beats, and it's just it just blends together so fucking nicely. Um, I know he did. I watched a video before I went and watched Black Panther about his score. Um, he said he used a lot of talking drums as well, and that's what really got me. Like, there's there's a couple of scenes where like a character will say something kind of like menacing and there'll be a fight about to take place and it goes dun 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 I can't replicate it perfectly as you can tell but um, it just sounded really cool and it was like oh shit's gonna go down shit's gonna go down 
and then shit goes down and then the song comes in and it just blends so fucking seamlessly into some of the soundtrack songs that you would have heard from the soundtrack um, by Top Dog Entertainment. Um, for example, this Korean sequence, Pray For Me plays in the casino and then you get a bit of... Um, during that, during the confrontation, then you hear a bit of the choir girls in the synagogue um, when um, Akoya is fighting the goons and that was really cool too and then they go into the car and then the percussion and the score blends seamlessly into Ops by Vince Staples and Kendrick Lamar and it just it's beautiful it's beautiful and it is celebrated and it's it's not much that we play attention to producers and composers because they they make the film so memorable as well um, and Cliff Martinez has been one of my favourite ones but Ludwig is be quickly becoming one of my favorites too. And um, he worked on Fruitvale Station and Creed as well. He's also worked with uh, Charles Gambino and Donald Glover as well since what, 2010, I think. I think he's worked on all the albums, especially. And um, especially his latest one, Awaken My Love. But I know he worked on Because of the Internet as well. And I probably, I think, I think Camp, because Camp was 2010. So maybe you remember that, but he's he worked with um, I knew I knew his name because he worked with Donald Glover, and I didn't know he had worked. Um, I know he did the soundtrack on Cree, but I didn't know he did the soundtrack on Fruitvale Station. So that was really cool to hear that he's done that. So you know that they're frequent collaborators, and I know that, that that's probably why he chose Ludwig, and his score is to be celebrated. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It's fucking love the percussion. Loved it. And again, it blends so seamlessly into those um, favorite songs we have from the soundtrack that are in the film. Um, yeah, so Black Panther is... It's everything people are saying it is, but it's also... Don't let it... Don't let it... Uh, I guess don't get your expectations way too high. It's still a Marvel movie. Like, most Marvel movies do have their faults. And... Um, and you should probably... Um, you know, not just go into here thinking this is going to be the best thing ever it's it's not but it's 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 a great feat and it's a great addition to ryan coogler's filmography he's free for three baby he keeps going and it's one of the better marvel movies so go and go and see it before it leaves theaters i don't think it's gonna be leaving theaters anytime soon because it's making bank it's making a lot of fucking money and kim will joke about that as well in the oscars so go and see it. It's great. Right. Uh, to finish off. Finish off. The, oh, can we do this in the next 10 minutes? Holy shit. Let's quickly go over the Oscars. Um, the Oscars were on Monday. Um, we're in Australia. So the Oscars were on Monday. Uh, if you're in America, they were on Sunday night. And uh, we're just going to go over the winners. And just I'm just going to tell you my thoughts on the winners. Right. Um, so let's start with... Um, I've only got the ones that I do count in my pool that I used to do. So I haven't got like documentary short and live action short. We're just going to go with the big ones, I think. Now, foreign language film, I, I put I had the square. So that went to Fantastic Woman. I haven't seen it from Chile. I haven't seen it. Um, but I, I've heard it's really good. Production design, I had Shape of Water, and that went to Shape of Water, so that was a non-brainer. Costume design was Phantom Thread, another non-brainer. 
or no-brainer. That's what people say, right? Um, now, my sound editing is where I fucking slip up here. I always slip up on sound editing. I had Dunkirk for mixing, and I had... Um, I think I had Shape of Water for sound editing. So I, I've really got to get used to sound and uh, kind of um, pay attention more <laughs> to sound. Because, yeah, I always slip up in the editing department. Especially sound. Sorry, I was doing a burp. Um, editing, I had Baby Driver. I just think it was some of the best editing I've seen all year last year. But I think that went to Dunkirk as well. It cleaned. Uh, song I had I had This Is Me from uh, Greta Showman and the song went to Coco I think so good for them score I had Shape of Water and the score went to Shape of Water as it fucking should Alexander Desplat or is that his name holy shit sir I hope I'm not fucking that name up but love that score been listening to that score end on end um, love it very magical, very mystical. Just transports you to that world. And that's what a score should fucking do. Visual effects went to Blade Runner 2049. I had I had that. Um, that was a no-brainer. Makeup went to Darkest Hour. A definite no-brainer. Cinematography finally went to Deacons. After 14 nominations, Deacons finally got cinematography for Blade Runner 2049. Um, he's scratching his head a lot during that speech. I don't know if he had like... Um, like dry scalp or something. I don't know, but like, yeah, great, good for him. Though I was very happy for him. Animation, of course, went to Coco. That was also gonna. Get, that was always gonna get a Coco. Fuck you, boss baby. Um, best supporting actor, well deserved. Went to Sam Rockwell. I had Sam Rockwell. Um, he's really good in Three Billboards. Set best supporting actress. Went to Alison Journey. I had Alison Journey as well. As it should. Uh, also, I would have been happy if it went to Laurie Metcalf. Best Actress went to Frances McDormand. So that was well-deserved on her part. Um, best, act- best Actor went to Gary Oldman. I had Gary Oldman as well. I had Frances McDormand as well. I had Gary Oldman for Best Actor. He pretty much got every single award thus far before the ceremony. So I, of course, had him down. Although I really wanted Timothy Chalamet to get it. Um, Because he acts for the fucking credits! My God! He acts for the credits, man. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. (laughs) <laughs> Best Adapted Screenplay went to Call Me By Your Name. Um, so I had that as well by James Ivory. Um, every time I think about the screenplay, I just think about um, Mr. Perlman's monologue at the end to Elio. My God, tears every time. Well, I didn't cry the first time, but when I watched it again, when I watched it again, I cried the second time. And uh, when I buy it on Blu-ray, I'm probably going to cry a third time because I'm just going to be thinking about it all the time. Best screenplay. Well, yes. Best screenplay went to Get Out. Jordan Peele. Fucking well-deserved. Well done. Good on Jordan Peele. So inspiring as well. At a um, a first... For a, a first feature film debut, to get 
a nomination for best screenplay and then win best screenplay. That is just very inspiring to me as a writer and a uh, young filmmaker. So that was really cool to see. Best director, of course, went to Guillermo del Toro for Shape of Water. And that was really cool to see. And best picture went to The Shape of Water. I had Shape of Water at the last, I remember last podcast. Now, if you don't fucking, eh, don't talk to me about anything. I changed it at the last podcast. After seeing Shape of Water, I'm like, no, I, can't. I think this is going to get it. And as it should, it's it's a it's a it blows a kiss to old cinema, and it's just a fucking beautiful movie, beautiful film. So well deserved for best picture, Shape of Water. I'm I was happy with all the all the wins to be honest. Um, yeah, I was I was pretty much happy with all the wins, dude. I should be fucking. Now, I, I, I was doing betting pools for the Oscars, but I, I'd never done... I've never gone and actually betted at, like, a tab or something. But apparently at a tab, you can go and bet on the Oscars and do this. I would make so much money. Holy shit. Not to toot my own horn, but... I mean... 16 out of 20. Ain't bad. Ain't bad, mate. Um, and again, I, I don't count the... Others are the other ones because I just haven't seen them. Nobody watches them. So, I don't know how you, how you see them. Kobe Bryant is now an Oscar winner, ladies and gentlemen. He's now an Oscar winner. Legendary basketball uh, player for the LA Lakers is now an Oscar winner. Just get that in your head. But, uh, good for him. Overall, I, I'd like the ceremony. I'd don't have a problem with Kimmel hosting. Um, I think we should have. You know, I really, really want to like would like to host. I mean, I I always want Ricky Gervais to host because he just he's just rip into it so much. And I just he's very entertaining as a host, and that's the reason why he picks him for the Golden Globes. Um, so I really would like him to host, but I know he's never. They're never going to let him host their their um, big night. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're never going to let him host. Would love for him to host, but you know I would like to host? Kumail Nanjiani. He was very, very funny during the, his little his little thing uh, with Lupita Nyong'o. Um, he was very funny, so he'll be really cool. Tiffany Haddish was also a bit of a laugh as well with uh, Maya Rudolph. She was also really funny. Uh, I liked most of the things. That went. That happened. Um, they also. I liked when they just went. Oh, you know what? You're gonna see Wrinkle of Time. Fuck you. We're gonna ruin everything. We can go over there and meet you guys and everything. But I guess it was kind of better because they're meeting like some of the biggest fucking stars in the world right now. So I guess that was good. And they probably got to watch Wrinkle of Time again after they left. Um, jokes were good. Uh, ooh, yeah, the guy that. Did Coco's the the walls joke for Coco? <laughs> oh jeez, I felt the quiet during that one. Oh boy, and you know he set it up too because he we he, he, he like kind of you could tell he moved up to it and then he said it then he paused because he knew it was gonna be he thought it was gonna be laughter. Nothing, poor bloke. Um yeah, oh jeez, felt that one. I thought Jimmy Kimmel's skit with his nine year old self was cringy as fuck. Um, didn't like that. 
did not like that at all. Just like the joke in Black Panther about what are those? I thought that was cringy as fuck as well. Um, back to back back to Black Panther. Yeah, that there's a there are, there is a what are those joke, and it was didn't just I never liked it in the first place. Didn't like it here. So, um, but yeah, the ceremony was eh, it was overall always the. Same, kind of the same as last year. At least they didn't read up the last, the fucking wrong name this time. God damn. They had an, they had an envelope. The envelope was been held by a plastic stand this time instead of a dude that was too busy on his fucking phone. So, um, so yeah, overall, I was pretty happy with it. Um, Shape of Water. Best picture. Deserves it. Fully deserves it. Loved Otoro's speech about uh, genre filmmaking and kicking the door open. That was really inspiring. And Frances McDormand's speech to the ladies was uh, very inspiring as well and very, very cool to see all the women in filmmaking stand up together and, um, yeah, and be, and be awesome. Just be, <laughs> kick ass. Because <laughs> they're doing some great shit. And also, I've got to mention... The Cine- Black Panther is shot really well too, and that is thanks to um, first female on nominee for cinematography, Rachel Morrison. She did a great job for Black Panther, and uh, yeah, I, I I thought it was shot pretty well for a Marvel film. It's one of the better shot ones, and that's thanks to yeah, Rachel Morrison. She did a great job. Um, yeah, I know I keep reverting back to Black Panther. These are just things I keep remembering. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, what am I doing? Um, I think next, this week I'm going to go see Danny's doing a deal. But when is Danny not doing deals? Let's be honest, guys. When is Danny not doing the fucking sweet deals? Um, they're doing a deal with this $8 ticket uh, online. So I'm going to be taking advantage of that and see a film... I'm going to see In the Fade. I'm going to try and see In the Fade, the film by Fatah Akin and Diane Kruger starring in it. Um, about the woman that takes... is in the, in the justice system after, the, after her husband and child is killed. And uh, I'm thinking about seeing The Square. I'm seeing the runtime, though. Two and a half hours. Holy shit. But it didn't win the Palm Door. I like Elizabeth Moss. It, it's about art and expressionism, so that kind of int- and piques my interest, I guess. I guess. Uh, but you've also got uh, Love, Simon, I think, is coming out too. But I've also got film- Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider's coming out on Thursday night, so I could use that on Tomb Raider. Massive Tomb Raider fan of the video games, not much of the movies. But uh, the Tomb Raider games, I love, especially the new ones. So, um, yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. Something could happen next week. I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. I, this is for the first time. I'm not sure what the podcast next week is going to be about. <laughs> because I haven't really planned it. So, and I know I'm pretty... I'm getting very busy with this film now. Uh, we're in the midst of pre-production now. And I'm hoping to get a night done on Sunday with my DOP doing storyboards, camera, plan a mud map, and a shot list. 
Going over visual references, I've hoped to reel in a production designer and a person for continuity because I just want one person to focus on sound. Because we're a small class, we have a small crew, and we've only got, I've only got one person on sound and continuity. I don't think those two things should be together because I think sound is a very big thing and it should be crucial to film. It should be focused on solely. So, um, I want him to just focus on sound and I'm hoping to get this girl for continuity um, and, and a, script, a script supervisor. Being another word for it. So yeah, it's getting busy. Uh, yeah. Shit's happening. I've got auditions in two weeks. People are already applying for um, Eliza and not the other two roles. So we've got nothing for the parents, but we've got a lot of people wanting to be Eliza. So that's cool. Um, I've also got to branch out a bit um, bit more and um, use a bit more more casting sites. And I've also got to do a lot more on location as well. A lot more on location. Do a lot more work there. Because it's... Location's the hardest fucking shit. It's the hardest... For me, it's the hardest bit. When you're in feature film and everything, you have a location manager and they can sort all that stuff out. But as a sole director and producer and a lot of doing thing, doing a lot of things for this film, yeah, there's just a lot of shoes to fill. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's part of it. It's part of it. So, yeah, I'll, um, I'll ever speak to you on Tuesday or Thursday. Have a safe and happy weekend. Do something different. And go women. See you next week.